All right, welcome back to the Body Comp Blueprint, where we discuss the process and the tools to help you get the body you have always wanted. We are back with episode two, and if you remember from episode one, we talked about how when going on a weight loss journey, you have two paths to choose from. You have the calories in path and the calories out path. You have to adjust one or both of those to change your body composition. Today, we are focused on talking about the calories in path. So calories uh, coming into our body, we have two methods for changing calories in. We can either adjust ingredients or we can adjust portion sizes. So let's talk about adjusting ingredients first. When we're talking about food, more specifically like pre-made packaged foods, we typically want to decrease total ingredients so that we can limit unnecessary calories. Stuff like hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils, um, especially partially hydrogenated oils because those are trans fats. So make sure you're checking ingredients lists so you do not want to see partially hydrogenated. That is a trans fat, and we know that those are bad, bad. That is one of the few things that is widely accepted in the nutrition field. Um, Also, stuff like emulsifiers. I don't know if it's 100% proven, but there is evidence to to show that emulsifiers can mess with uh, your gut, uh, like the lining of your stomach and stuff like that. An example of an emulsifier would be a lecithin. Um, You've probably seen that crazy word before, L-E-C-I-T-H-I-N. There's a couple different options, but that is one common one. Um, Also, hidden sugars are in there. Uh, Hidden sugars are in lots of foods, and those are just unnecessary calories, right? So one way to adjust ingredients is by trying to avoid things like that. Now, when we're talking about foods that we cook with, we want to adjust ingredients by uh, trying to, as much as possible, have organic, grass-fed, wild-caught, free-range, etc. foods. Um, And this is just going to change the nutrient quality of the food. I'm not... I know that this can be challenging because that obviously makes stuff more expensive, but when you can, I would say it is ideal to go that route. I know it might not necessarily be practical, and practical is more important than ideal. Uh, One of the reasons why we want to change, uh, let's just talk about beef, for example. One of the reasons why we want to change to an organic grass-fed beef is because that will change the omega fatty acid level in the meat from, if, if we're switching from non-grass-fed to grass-fed, we are switching from omega-6s to more omega-3s. We already get plenty of omega-6s in our typical diets. Those aren't something that we need more of. We do, in fact, need more omega-3s, which is why switching to grass-fed can be beneficial. All right, moving on. When we're talking about ingredients of meals, 
we want to try to up the nutrient density but decrease the calorie density and we can do this with foods like protein and veggies and there's a lot of reasons why we would want to do uh, things like that and why we'd want to um, highlight protein and veggies in our meals but to keep it simple the biggest reason is protein and veggies will increase satiety they will decrease blood glucose and insulin le insulin levels after a meal they'll decrease unnecessary calories and uh, eating without those dirty for lack of a better term dirty with air quotes around it ingredients will decrease uh, the unnecessary stuff for our bodies to process. And as much as I believe everything that I just mentioned is true, I, I'm not trying to convince you to join any camp or anything. I want you to be healthy and I want you to reach your goals, but I also want you to ha uh, have as much information as possible so that you can form your own opinion. So what I'm going to do is tell you about the Twinkie diet. So essentially, the Twinkie diet goes against literally everything that I just said. Uh, this diet b was designed by Professor uh, Haub, Haub, H-A-U-B. I don't really know how to pronounce it, but um, you can look it up. So this professor, he went on a diet for 10 weeks, and he essentially ate nothing but junk food. He didn't only eat Twinkies. He also ate like other stuff similar to Twinkies. I can't really give you examples because I don't know what what's that stuff is. But anyway, um, he ate stuff like Twinkies. He also had protein supplements and fiber supplements. And he, in this 10 weeks, he ate those things while remaining in an 800 calorie deficit. So he, he ate 800 calories less than what would be maintenance for 10 weeks. And he lost 27 pounds in those 10 weeks. He improved his cholesterol levels and he decreased his body fat levels. So both pretty awesome things. And he did that through eating junk food, Twinkies, um, as well as the protein supplement and fiber supplement. So this shows that it can be done strictly through calorie adjustment. You don't really have to worry about ingredients or anything like that. I don't know how sustainable it would be to continue on this diet longer than 10 weeks. Um, I, don't, I don't think I would be able to do it, but, um, and I definitely don't recommend it, but it did work. And this is an example of adjusting portion sizes. So even though he did change his diet, he changed the ingredients of what he was eating. He didn't need to. He just wanted to prove the science of calorie management. He could, ha uh, he could have done the exact same experiment with his regular diet, but of course that would be less exciting and that would get less uh, notoriety, I guess. Um, so for portion sizes, if you do feel like you like the way that you eat and you don't want to change the foods or ingredients, you can go the route of changing quantity. So for this, I recommend measuring, measuring and or tracking 
you would want to do this for at least one to two weeks to see where your baseline is. And then once you know where your baseline is, you can then change accordingly. For example, do you eat peanut butter or almond butter or whatever? If you do, I imagine that you don't measure out two tablespoons per serving or one tablespoon per serving. I imagine you just dip whatever your utensil of choice is into the jar and you scoop some out. I imagine that is what 98, maybe more, 99% of people do. I know when I go to grab my peanut butter, I just put a big old spoon in there and I, and I try to fit as much peanut butter on the spoon as I can. Um, so that is an example of something that we would want to measure and or track so that we can actually get an idea on how much we are consuming. Because it's likely that, especially in the case of peanut butter, we are overeating portion sizes. So if we see that, then we can adjust. We, we need to uh, try to get an actual idea on the quantities of foods that we consume. You don't necessarily need to measure for serving sizes. You just need the measurement to be consistent. So for peanut butter, again, like... You don't need to have a two-tablespoon measurement device if you just use the same spoon every single time and you try to level it off at the same point. As long as it's consistent, it doesn't really matter that it's a serving size. You just want it to be the same every time that you do it. And then if weight is increasing or staying the same over time, you adjust accordingly. hope that makes sense. Uh, you can also use the hand measurement method from Precision Nutrition. So, uh, did I just say, what the heck did I just say? Precision Nutrition. I don't know if that's what I said or not, but anyway. So the hand measurement method, all you need is your hand. You probably guessed that. So for protein, how you measure protein, you just want to get your palm. So without your fingers and your thumb... The palm of your hand is the size that you would want your protein source to be. Think P for palm. And then for veggies, you want it to be the size of your fist. For carbohydrates, whatever would fit in a cupped hand, cup for carbs, a cupped hand, whatever fits in your hand, that is what you would want for carbs. And then for fats, like oils and or nuts, something like that, you want it to be the size of your thumb. And that's one way that you can consistently measure the foods that you eat so that you can be like, all right, um, I was over on protein. I had a palm and a couple fingers, so let me bring it down just to my palm, for example. Uh, you could also just you know, take pictures of your meals and compare size of one meal to the next time that you eat that meal. Might not be as accurate, but that's another method. Whatever is easiest for you, and then find areas where you can decrease or adjust the portions accordingly. And I'll be honest, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm less of a fan for this method of adjusting portion sizes unless you already have high quality ingredients. 
I would prefer to adjust ingredients over portion sizes. Improving ingredients, so long as you remain in a calorie deficit, you will be less likely to create hunger issues. You will potentially be getting uh, greater macro and micronutrients, which will improve many things, stuff like energy, digestion, sleep, muscle mass. Uh, whereas with portion size adjustment, if, if macronutrients aren't on point, more specifically protein, you are more likely to lose weight and not fat. Losing muscle weight is a big no-no. We want to lose body weight through losing body fat. If we lose muscle weight, that will make everything worse. It will make losing body fat more challenging. Also, uh, having less ideal ingredients uh, could potentially throw off our, our metabolism in other ways by not getting proper vitamins and minerals and stuff like that. But if you are already doing a pretty good job with ingredient quality, go ahead and adjust portion sizes. Or if you just want to take 10 weeks and lose a little bit of weight, you can bust out a method like Professor Hobb did, H-A-U-B, Hobb. Uh, you can do. You can try to mimic what he did. I still don't recommend that you uh, do it exactly how he did, but you could just continue your current diet and just, you know, subtract however many calories is necessary for you to lose however much weight you want to lose, which can be challenging to uh, calculate. But that's for another time. So there we go. This was episode two of the Body Comp Blueprint. We will talk to you next time in episode three, where we will be talking about the calories out path. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you.